0: The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Fantasy Focus. Fantasy, Fantasy Focus.
1: Football is back. All the way back. We are all the way back. Thursday Night yeah, Football are. kicks things off for the 100th season of the NFL. We're keeping it 100 here today on the podcast <laughs> field. Mike Stefania. That's right. When You're people so think of people lingo. keeping it yeah, 100, yeah. they of course exactly. think of Mike Clay, Field Yates, and Stefania Bell. True. Happy football season to both of you. This feels good.
2: It does. I can't I can't believe it. We spent Every year you have this feeling like we spent the whole offseason, what is it, like eight months, Analyzing the same thing, the same players the same way, and now we're gonna have new information. New data. New yeah, new it's data. Perfect for, me.
3: for yeah. nerds like you. <laughs>
2: it's this is great. So perfect. I can't wait to hit download tomorrow. And get all this new information. <laughs> and, and for me,
3: I'm like, I just want everyone to get through the first game with no injuries. Do you think that can happen?
1: Uh we'll see if we can. That
2: will we'll be try. great. That would be nice.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. Um by the way, the thank you all thank you to all of you who are joining us on the live stream. Find it every single day. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook.
0: ESPN, ESPN app.
1: app, ESPN Twitter handle, etc. Yeah. What we're going to do today is a game preview, of course. We've got Mike's not, he's got a less than favorable yes. It's a matchup. Yes. The difficult matchups for cornerbacks, wide receivers. We've got a bunch of stuff to get to. But a reminder, set your lineups. Fantasy football season begins tonight. Let's get right to it.
3: Rewind. Right. Fantasy news from
1: the
0: National Football League.
3: This is the instant, instant replay. <laughs>
1: Oh, by the way, RamsHeadLive.com. You can go get tickets because the fine folks at Live in Baltimore, Maryland have decided to make a couple more seats available at their show. Very gracious of them to continue to work with us in a very amicable way. So we do have basically what I would say is a last gasp of tickets available. If you want to go in Baltimore, there is a small allotment left. But I'm telling you right now, by the time that we get to the show tomorrow, Those tickets will be gone. So if you don't act fast, you probably aren't going to get them. We look forward to seeing all of you Tuesday, September seventeenth, at Rams Head Live in Maryland. That will be plenty of fun. So we posed the question: Who would win a fight yesterday? Do we have official poll results between me and Mike? Although I'm not sure. I think I have to take this poll to this poll to task.
0: Yeah. Given the betting public, the you know, come on. Listen. I'm not the one that made the poll. First off, we'll let, I'll right, let Thirsty Kyle defend himself on this one. Yeah,
3: the right option wasn't there. I'll tell you what it is That's after we the right made the poll.
0: Is it Stefania's guns? Is that what it is? Whoa.
3: Yeah. The options <laughs> were me,
1: Mike, and the viewing public. I got 24% of the vote an overwhelming finish over Mike's 16% of the vote versus 60% for the view public okay. you're
3: in the d- margin of error i think i think the right way to phrase that Kyle was was who loses Ooh. in a fight oh right this yeah. is fair would no the results have been much different yeah no one wins i think it was described by field in the pre-show meeting the as a pillow, pillow fight. fight i like that yeah, and that was... just that was so disturbing on so many levels i i think we all lose
1: anyways <laughs> <I think laughs> enough it, of this yeah. talk about fight although well, there could no be comment. some fights <laughs> On the field on Sunday, not literally, but in compelling matchups. So we begin, Mike, with your shadow report, as we're calling it today. And yesterday, we gave you the best, most favorable matchups for wide receivers. On the other side is players who have difficult matchups ahead going into this weekend. And one player has a very, very difficult task because he goes up against arguably the best cornerback in football. That would be Tyreek Hill facing Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars. How nervous are you about Tyreek Hill's prospects? Well, I'm, I'm really nervous because, uh, Daniel,
2: I haven't heard my theme song yet. I'm still waiting for that. I,
0: Mike, it's been one day. You you want to hear it every single time you do a segment of the show? Every time I talk, honestly. I mean, <laughs> fine. He's a brainiac, brainiac. He's Mike Clay. All oh right, now, now I feel focused. Hashtag, now I feel like I can do my job. Egomaniac, egomaniac, Mike Clay.
1: <laughs> Diva Clay, what do you got for us on yeah. Tyree Kill going up against Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars?
2: All right, let's do it. Uh Look. Ramsey has had success against Tyreek Hill so far in his career, and that's what I'm looking at here because the Jags have not really hidden about this. They've told us that that Ramsey will shadow Tyreek Hill, and and to look a little bit at the numbers, 31 career routes Hill has run while lined up against Ramsey, he has 13 targets, seven catches, 72 yards, no touchdowns when aligned. Or actually, those are in those games. He has three catches, 49 yards when he's up against Ramsey. So, well, can you, hold
1: on, Mike. Uh, can, can you me? give me that one more time? When he has gone up yeah. against Jalen Ramsey, 31 routes?
2: Yeah, uh, 31 routes in, yeah, uh, 13, 13 targets, 7 catches, 72 yards, 0 touchdowns in the game he's had. Okay. But on those routes, 7 targets, 3 catches, 49 yards. I realize I worded that horribly, but I think you get the point now. So the point is he was ineffective not, yes, against yeah. Ramsey. <laughs> he, has yep. done a, he has not been uh, his normal dominant self when Ramsey has been on the other side of the field. Now, there is one positive here sort of, that he'll he'll be away from Ramsey when he is in the slot. So last year, Ramsey only went into the slot 9% of the time. Hill aligns inside 45% of the time. But the problem is, A.J. Boye is on the other side of the field. So if he's over there and Ramsey's not on him, he has him. And when he's in the slot, the Jags, are the fourth fewest fantasy points to the slot last season, we know that overall they can shut down wide receivers very well. So I'm not telling you to bench Tyreek Hill, obviously, but you might want to spend elsewhere in DFS, for example, this week, and and the same goes for Sammy Watkins. In fact, you might want to consider benching him in season long because he's going to see AJ Boye sixty to seventy percent of the time. So uh, both of these guys have tough matchups.
1: It was the one game last year that Patrick Mahomes did not account for a touchdown. Zero touchdowns against the Jaguars when they played last year, and I get it, different year, but. One that we can expect to be close to the same is that Jaguars defense being very good. It's weird,
3: and they're really happy now because they all got paid. That's right. Or at least the two big guys did.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of guys uh, certainly did in Jacksonville. We'll see if Jalen Ramsey eventually gets paid as well. But um, you know, for the Jaguars, the narrative last year was a bad defensive season. It really wasn't that dissimilar to the year before. It was just that so much else went wrong, including the fact that they decided to punt on playing offense last year. So people sort of overlook how effective they were last season. And, you know, against Jacksonville last year, some notable wide receiver ones did not have their best days. You mentioned Tyreek Hill, 12.7 points. Corey Davis, in two matchups, had 9.5 points. T.Y. Elton, 10.7 points in a matchup. And then DeAndre Hopkins had 14 points. Now, that was his (laughs) third worst game of the season. He's DeAndre... Freaking Hopkins! Yeah. Hopkins!
2: Fourteen points—a bad day at the office. Yeah, well that's Andre Hopkins. Well,
1: then let's get right into the Andre Hopkins because Mike—he's also on your negative matchups column. So, how far does he fall down your wide receiver rankings and going up against the Saints? He falls from
2: one all the way down to one. I mean, <laughs> I just can't—I can't go much further. I mean, the, the, look, Houston is going to have to throw the football a ton in New Orleans this week to keep up with that terrific Saints team, that terrific Saints offense. We know that Hopkins is going to be featured. So whereas maybe on a normal week, I might project, just for example, 24 points, maybe it's 22 this week, but a lot of top receivers have tough matchups. And again, they're going to have to throw a lot with Houston. They have a good quarterback. I still think he is an outstanding fantasy option. Now, the reason there's some concern is Marshawn Lattimore is going to shadow him, most likely. He Lattimore is a terrific young corner. He had trouble a little bit at times against number 1s last year. He is good. We have to address that at least. Maybe you want to spend elsewhere in DFS, not spend up on Hopkins. But at the same time, he's still an outstanding play, even when he is a tough matchup. Listen
3: to this. At least 12 fantasy points in all 16 games last season. And that is essentially defines matchup proof, double-digit mm-hmm. points in every single fantasy game you pointed out. Um, the, his third worst game of the season was 14 points when he was facing Jacksonville. It doesn't matter if he has a difficult matchup and think this is the point you're making. May not be his best day, but DeAndre Hopkins still must start number one for all of us.
1: No doubt. DeAndre Hopkins must start. You heard it here first. I think DeAndre <laughs> yeah. Hopkins was the first wide receiver off the board in our War Room League last night. We did have our 16-team draft. I had the fourth pick. find you had what? I had fifth. Uh you had fifth. That's right. So you we started not to get through the entire roster, but I did have Zeke. You had David Johnson to begin your night. I'm just excited. This game begins uh again on seven PM Eastern time, an early start on Monday night football because we had that double we header. The Vegas has this, this is the highest scoring game on the board terms over under. Should be points of <laughs> plenty to Mike's point at the outset of that Hopkins analysis. Really fascinating matchup. For everything that Houston did over the past weekend, the good news for them is on Monday. They can redefine the narrative. If they win on Monday night, people are going to be saying, wait, okay. maybe they are a heavyweight <laughs> in the AFC this year. Mm. They can certainly take that AFC South division crown. Uh Julio Jones is awaiting a new contract. Maybe it happens by the time you're listening to this podcast. Maybe it doesn't. We'll find out either way. With that being said, Mike, he draws Xavier Rhodes, who I think right now sometimes the Vikings are viewed as an incredibly difficult matchup. Sometimes they're viewed as a team that's been less consistent. You might expect based off of their defensive personnel. What do you make of Julio Jones facing off against Xavier Rhodes, a guy who at the at previous points of his career has you know, has he has earned the moniker Rhodes Closed? Yeah, and <laughs> he
2: is he he has been consistent in shutting down Jones at least in recent seasons. Uh, last season, we saw Rhodes shadow the opposing number one receiver in almost every game. Uh, and if you look at again those matchups with julio jones he shadowed him in both meetings between atlanta and minnesota over the past four seasons jones total numbers in those two games seven catches 80 yards no touchdowns and 13 targets that's i mean that's a decent one game for jones but over two games it's not so hot especially with the zero touchdowns Uh, for his career six catches on 13 targets for 77 yards and no touchdowns and 67 routes when aligned across from road so Say what you want sometimes corners just have receivers numbers, and that has been the case so far by the way, Minnesota again, you talked a little bit about how at times they've been really dominant well last year outstanding against receivers second fewest fantasy points allowed to outside receivers they've ranked nowhere they ranked nowhere uh excuse me no worse than fifth best against left perimeter right perimeter, and slot receivers so pretty much across the board they're shutting down receivers that's also bad news for one. Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu, so really across the board, we we should expect less from this Atlanta passing
1: game. Well, but but so does it bear itself out in the rankings? I mean, how do you have Julio ranked this weekend? Like that almost that that to me was the most harrowing uh, numbers that I've seen so far in these first three massive matchups.
2: Yeah, and I don't think I. Rushed him because he's still, it's kind of, it, to some extent, he's it's so the hilarious. same, uh, the same explanation that we had for Hopkins, right? I mean, he's still going to see a lot of volume. So I have him, uh, fourth on my board, which maybe normally he'd be number one over Hopkins with a good matchup, uh, since he gets a lot of more. But for now, I'm knocking him down just a few spots season long. Again, it's really important. You are going to start these guys that we're going to talk about. DFS is where this is really key. And, you know, speaking of which, we have a new, we have a new project we just put up at ESPN this Plus. Is yeah, Matthew you've become, Dane, right? yeah. I was going to say, listen, this is content bec- for the site. You've become
3: the guy in the middle <laughs> chair. You're yeah. really no, no, I'm not <laughs>
2: pumping my brand. I'm pumping the brand. So, uh, we have a, a new tool up there for, uh, it's, it's for, uh, FanDuel and DraftKings. And you go and you see the best values of the week. You could go quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, defense, special teams. It shows you the great matchups, the good matchups, the average ones, the bad ones, the player to avoid, the players to start in your lineups. It's, uh, it's fantastic information. We're just basically taking our projections, comparing to, them, to, to the uh, values, and you can kind of pick and choose from let those lists who you want to start. So can't recommend it enough. We're going to do it every week. We're going to update it. It's going to be awesome.
1: It's an ESPN plus article that's available. As Mike just said, it will be updated every single week. Julio Jones and his nearly 12, sorry, 11 targets per game are always worth your time. Uh, one more player here that's got a negative matchup would be Amari Cooper, who, by the way, Stefania, we got some good news yesterday, as I believe he was a full go in Cowboys practice.
3: Yeah, listed on the injury report as a full participant, still there with the foot issue. Remember, this is the plantar fasciitis. A lot of people get nervous when they hear it, and I understand why. But we talked about this, I think, a week ago on the show, that he has played through this condition before, so it's familiar to him. In fact, he sounded like he was doing better just given the low volume of work he had during training camp. And I think this reflects it. So I am not nervous about Amari Cooper right now. Could it crop up again during the season? Sure. But that's the case for a lot of people with a lot of things. Uh, I think this is really good news that he's out there practicing in
1: full. So no concerns in terms of the health from Starfania about Amari Cooper. But Mike, are you concerned at all about the matchup? Because most people are not thinking so. Here's what happens in fantasy football is that they see the team and they're like, the Giants are going to stink defensively mm-hmm. this year. Nothing to be concerned about. You are a little bit more respectful of the Jackrabbit. I
2: am, yeah. Janorah Shankin's one of the, I, I I think we get, I don't want to say underrated because he got a pretty nice payday to go to the sure. Giants, right, to be their yeah. number one, and he's had a lot of success uh, as a shadow corner. Uh, he shadowed on and off last season, but he did in Week 17 against Amari Cooper. And remember, Cooper had a terrific second half of the season. He was a top 10 fantasy receiver Jenkins shut him down. He was on Cooper on 37 of his 47 routes, including all but one on the perimeter. That's 37 out of 38 on the perimeter. Cooper in that game, five catches, 31 yards, no touchdowns on 11 targets, only four catches for 17 yards when he was lined up across from Jenkins. So obviously, Cooper had a bad game. Obviously, Jenkins shut him down, and that's something we can't ignore here, especially because uh the Cowboys are going to have other good options to throw to here right you have Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb both who should have good matchups you're going to see the rookie in his first game DeAndre Baker up against Gallup and uh Julian Love I believe will manage the slot for the Giants up against Randall Cobb so Dak can go to those guys we also know Dak makes plays with his legs it's not always a high volume passing game and they might be able to run the ball a lot in the second oh, half if they're ahead hey. so a yes, lot of who's reasons back.
3: yeah who's uh, back on the Giants Ezekiel I mean the Cowboys Ezekiel <laughs> the Giants Ezekiel. he's on the Giants I know okay. no, but anyways, <laughs> when you said They've they got both news. Saquon and Zeke that's incredible it's amazing yeah. well you said when they the Dallas might be able to run the ball I'm like yeah I think they might you know, it's uh, so
1: uh, this is sort of a similar <laughs> this is similar concept in the sense that like you're not going to bench this player not in season long but maybe a daily consideration I don't know where Zeke was priced because by the time pricing for week one was out he had not yet had a contract But Adam Schefter astutely noted today on Get Up that last year, remember when Zeke did not play at all in the preseason? It wasn't because of the contract; it was just because he did not have more than seventeen carries until Week Four of the NFL season last year. Mm. They were kind of slow to the draw with Zeke last season. I I, again, still starting with great confidence. Still, you know, it's it's just you know, if Zeke has, let's say, somewhere between fifteen to eighteen carries on Sunday. Don't be stunned. Like, maybe that should be more of the expectation than something like 23 to 25 carries based off of past precedent. But like Zeke, Amari Cooper, still a player that you're playing in season long, you might just be less incentivized, Mike, on DraftKings.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Zeke is actually the highest price running back at DraftKings. I have him as an average value on our ESPN Plus. How about goal. So that? a little sneak you peek, could you can check that out. Man, Certainly you're... have some better <laughs> options that you can... Uh... Fire up. There you go. You're on the sound now. <laughs> Nailed it, Daniel. Good job. All right, let's talk about DraftKings. It's time to celebrate. Football is finally and officially back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one starts this Thursday night, that's today, when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single game showdown with two point five million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener. stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today at DraftKings.com slash FFF will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million dollar payday. Kick off your season the right way. Head to DraftKings.com slash FFF right now for a limited time. All new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Plus, new users who sign up at DraftKings.com slash FFF will get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's DraftKings.com slash FFF for all new and existing users to claim your special offer. That's only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details.
1: So we got all these people that listen to the podcast and do so very, in a very dedicated manner, or at least download the podcast. And they often see us, uh, at these live shows and say, you know what? I just wish I could be Matthew Barry for one day. Dream job. <laughs> Always have a dream job. We're very fortunate to do what we do. It's amazing to have the opportunity to watch football and talk about it, write about it, podcast about it, tweet about it, you name it. All right. Can you imagine? You go out there and you win that $1 million from DraftKings. You know what that would be like, Daniel? That would be like being Matt. Like, imagine. You can win $1 million in a week. You could step right into the shoes of Matthew.
0: For one week. For one week. Yeah. <laughs> and when that million dollars is gone the week later.
1: <laughs> what does it go to? What does Matthew spend money on?
0: I don't know, Diet Coke. man. Dyko. <laughs> Dyko. <Diet Coke. laughs> he's been trying to, he's been getting new clothes lately. Yes. You know what? Has, I've he's noticed that. Fashion his fashion game has stepped up. he got to go to his he movie up. premieres. Up. Yeah. He oh, wore some yeah. sweet
1: he, Cole Haan shoes recently. Yeah. <laughs> A lot he's of been, Avengers gear, for, for sure. Yeah,
3: He actually is just taking a chapter out of your closet because he's wearing all the Vineyard Vine shirts yeah, I'm now and everything. I'm know.
1: impressed. Matthew's not messing around here. Uh, one of our favorite drops of the year is about to come down for the first time.
3: Game preview!
1: There you have it. The dulcet tones of Daniel Dopp just telling us, previews are upon us. Again, the first game of the NFL season. For those of you that are asking, hey, doesn't the Super Bowl champion normally open up the season at home? Not this year. The NFL is celebrating its 100th season, and perhaps no two teams define NFL rivalries better than the Packers and the Bears, one of the great rivalries in all of sports. And one of my favorite stadiums in the NFL is Soldier Field, right there on the lake in Chicago. A beautiful, beautiful night ahead as the Bears play host to the Packers. We begin with the Green Bay Packers and their quarterback, because here you go, you, you draft Aaron Rodgers, maybe you pull the trigger and the... Fifth, sixth, seventh round, if you're feeling like an early drafter on quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, his sweet mustache, Canadian tuxedo, he's back. <laughs> he's going to throw like, you know, 50 touchdowns this year. Maybe not 50, but maybe 38. And yet, in the week one matchup against the Chicago Bears, should you even start Aaron Rodgers, Mike?
2: Not if you can uh, do better. I mean, you should be able to find a better option probably on waivers. In fact, he's my QB 20 right now, and uh, I have a date for you. I
3: Aaron Rodgers.
2: I, I, well, I do this week. I'm going to tell you why. September thirteenth, twenty fifteen. What does that date mean? September thirteenth,
0: twenty
1: fifteen. Do you remember?
2: I
0: hate uh, the twenty-first. Kyle thinks he knows.
1: What Kyle thinks he is knows. Is it the last time he threw a touchdown in Chicago?
2: Even better. Last time he scored a touchdown at close Soldier enough. Field. Yeah, yeah. That's a long <laughs> time ago. That was uh, Week One, way back in twenty fifteen. So it's been a while. Uh, we know that the Bears' defense is fantastic. The fourth most pass attempts against them last season. But they rank 26th in passing yards allowed, 24th in passing touchdowns allowed, 3rd in sacks, 1st in interceptions, allowed 6.2 yards per attempt. They actually only allowed 30 rushes by opposing quarterbacks. That was fewest in the NFL. So even if you think Rodgers will make some points up with his legs, maybe not against this defense. By the way, Rodgers, not his normal dominant self last season, only 6 top 10 fantasy weeks at the 8th highest off-target rate. I mean... There's a lot of reasons for concern Gosh, here. Mike,
3: he was playing with a fracture in his leg. If you remember this? Like, I mean, it's hard to be dominant when you can't throw and you can't move and you can't do everything as well as you could. Look, I have concerns about Aaron Rodgers too, 35 years old, uh, dealing with back tightness in the preseason. I think this really went underrated as far as the fact that There were days he didn't practice. They were trying to get it under control. I don't think it's a major, you know, I kind of posed it as a news or noise. Like Aaron Rodgers has back issues before the season never gets started. If you look last year, the bone bruise and the MCL sprain in that knee affected him all season. Then he missed week 17 with a concussion. In 2017, only played seven games due to a clavicle fracture. The three years before that, he played in all 16 games. But it's been a while since he's been able to stay healthy. So it's definitely, you know, something to, to Keep in mind. I'm eager to see him tonight, see how he looks moving around. But So
1: here's That's the good. deal. I had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback 13, so I have him as a non-starter in a 10- mm. or 12-team league. Not as down as Mike is, but I hear all of what Mike is saying. I think the question that people are probably going to jostle with most is this. A, I drafted Aaron Rodgers for a reason. Am I really willing to let him sit out the first week, understanding that if any quarterback can do something ridiculous – it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he did mm-hmm. it last year in this game during the <laughs> second half when he returned in week one. Remember, that was I mean, after Khalil Mackler a bent, touchdown. Right. He had a long touchdown pass to Randall Cobb. The second part of it is just, do I really want to, like, you know, everybody that you drafted on your roster, assuming you did not draft a second quarterback, you drafted with intent. So you're going to be saying to yourself, I'm not sure who to drop because... You know All the players that I drafted in, let's say, rounds 10 through 16 or 10 through 15 were players that I could see having some level of upside. So I think it comes down to your comfort level of sitting your top quarterback and how expendable the last player on your bench is. Maybe this is a week where if you had a second tight end, you dropped that tight end. But yes, I understand why people are not going to play Aaron Rodgers tonight. Four years, according to Mike, since the last time Aaron Rodgers accounted for a touchdown... In Chicago?
2: Yes. Precisely. Wow. That is Unreal, a, That's incredible. Right?
1: Incredible.
3: That's a crazy stat. That's one of those stats Years. you hear it and you don't quite you can't quite believe it. So
1: tonight is a special game for a lot of reasons. Again, kickoff of the one hundredth season in the NFL. It also pits our video director, Kenny, huge Bears fan, born and raised in Illinois, loves the Bears, against our beloved Kyle Soppy.
3: Who's wearing his Packers Who's wearing jersey? we yeah. yeah, with pride,
1: with pride,
2: with pride. pride. We, 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 have, we have two Packers fans in there. today. They sure do, Pierre. Oh my joins my Pierre,
3: We're Pierre, the
1: majority yes. back here behind the
2: glass,
3: the that's majority. Right. You know
1: what? I think Pierre, Pierre, our local Canadian, is more of a Winnipeg Rough Riders guy. I mean, that's. I think <laughs> no, I, he watches no. the, the
0: Blue Cup every year and yeah. the Grey Cup. Uh, it's the Wait. Blue Bombers, just so you know. The yeah. Winnipeg Blue, blue bombers.
1: bombers. Wow. Great job by yeah. me. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Saskatchewan Rough Riders. your yeah. C- F- CFL. Right, Sorry, Come on, bro. I,
1: Daniel, it's been a long day.
0: Uh, but Kyle, <laughs> it's a huge Packers. It's, it's, it's 10-20 in
1: the morning. Yeah. Uh, huge Packers fan is Kyle. And along those lines, Kyle, it is time to bring back our IBM Watson insight of the week surrounding a, a- Jones. Yeah, Mike Scott Jones projected for 12 points, but IBM Watson says 9.6 is the better bet. What? But they give him... A decent chance to boom this week with a 25% chance to go over 20.2 points against the Bears. What do you guys think about Jones? More risk or reward? Wow. 25% yeah. chance to go over 20 points. Feels like a lot against a really good Bears defense that I understand. New coordinator. I understand there were some, t- some statistics last year. They're going to be really difficult to repeat, specifically the turnovers. I have Aaron Jones, but I have him as running back 20. Mike has him at 24. Stefania has him at 23. That, to me, feels far more comfortable slotting for Jones. In most cases, if you drafted Aaron Jones, you're going to play him tonight, unless you have like crazy, sincere running back depth. But it's tough sliding, man. You're banking on volume, and you're banking on passing game involvement tonight.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was RB13 in his 11 full games last season, so he was delivering you borderline RB1 numbers despite playing only 51% of the snaps. And and he did boom at times, right? He had three top 10 fantasy weeks. That's a, a decent number on in only 11 full games. But the thing is, this Bears defense, and again, you don't want to get too caught up applying data from last year, but we all expect the Bears defense to be really good, especially right now when they're healthy out of the gate. There's been very little turnover. They are loaded on that side of the football. So last year against the the Bears D, they were bottom five in uh, rushing, uh, rushing attempts allowed, rushing yards, yards per carry, scrimmage yards, scrimmage yards, uh, scrimmage touchdowns allowed to running backs, uh, allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns and fantasy points to opposing running backs. Yep. Only allowed four rushing touchdowns. So, just there's a lot of 92
1: total points to opposing running backs last year. Yeah, so that's about, unbelievable. What's so, that, that's about what, uh, like 17 or 18 per game, which is outstanding for a team allotment. And that's just um,
2: not just against one back, that's the whole, against right. the whole all the, whole all all running, all the backs, running backs. Right? Yeah, and he may, Jones may split this workload with Jamal, Willi- really, Jamal Williams. It, really? It's it just so. a
1: good sort of, uh, it's an undercurrent is like how much of a workhorse is Aaron Jones? I know that Rob Domofsky had him pegged as his a uh, breakout player for the for the Packers, Mike.
2: Yeah, he said, uh, that, you know, there's still some concerns that carried over from last season, but he said he could be his breakout player. But we could still see Jamal. Williams, you know, there's it's kind of, it's a tough one to figure out. We just and haven't I think seen will Green
3: Bay commit to a single running yeah. back yeah, in yeah, the history, it. so it's hard for us to buy it until you actually see it. Right.
1: Tentative breakout players: Aaron Jones, a guy who done broke out a while ago is Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, <laughs> not one, not two. But three straight years with 10 or more receiving touchdowns. Only one other player, DeAndre Hopkins, has 10 or more receiving touchdowns in two straight seasons. Devontae Adams might be the best player in fantasy football as it pertains to consistency. Last year had at least 16 points in all 15 games that he played
3: but it's a really yeah. difficult matchup. I was thinking, like, yesterday we were talking about consistency. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked at Devontae Adams. More than 25% of the team targets last year more, accounted for more than 50% of the teams receiving touchdowns. So... That Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams connection is real.
1: It's real. And mm-hmm. Mike, uh, it's a difficult matchup, but last year didn't seem to fall that far off against the Bears. What do you say about this matchup here tonight?
2: Yeah, and receivers tend to score fantasy points against the Bears, at least uh, at more of an average NFL level, which okay. is good for, against them because, you know, normally they're shutting everything else down. But uh top five in wide receiver routes against, targets against, and receptions against last season were the Bears because teams, again, were trailing and had to throw the football against them. Now, they only average a little under 12 yards per catch. Only allowed 17 end zone targets, both of those bottom five in the league. That's important for Adams, obviously, he scores a lot of touchdowns. But nonetheless, 13th most fantasy points allowed did, did were the Bears last season. So again, receivers can have some success, especially if the team is trailing and the Bears are a home favorite in this one. We would expect the Packers to have to throw the ball. So I'm not going to crush Adams here. He's my wide receiver six. Again, super consistent last season. Top 18 at the position... All but one week. That is almost impossible to do. Just, you mentioned it before, incredible floor, touchdown upside. I still think uh, you fire him up and probably not a bad pivot era, you know, an option in DFS in a tournament sort of setting, right? Just because you know he has the touchdown upside.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. I love watching Devontae Adams. The guy is a star in every way. So other Packers wide receivers include Geronimo Alves and Marquez Valdez Scantling. So I'm going to give you guys each the option to sort of choose one. If you had to play one, here are the options. Um... I'm playing Geronimo Allison, hopefully. I am playing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, hopefully. Or I'm not playing either because I have no hope.
2: I'd say ideally I'm not playing either one of them. Uh, I think I battled with Allison or MVS all offseason. I think I gave the edge to MVS by the end. It looks like he's going to be the number two target there for Aaron Rodgers. Um, but also, he's going to play more on the outside this year. Geronimo, Geronimo Allison in the slot; he should have the better mas- matchup against Buster Screen. Whereas MVS and Adams are going to see Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukamara on the outside. They're really good, uh, really good perimeter corners. So I would give. I, I'd still maybe lean towards MC, MVS if I have had to pick one. But again, I stay away if you can. I he know.
3: Just, I think it was last year we saw sort of this. Flip flop at times between who was the preferred target, Marquez Valdez Scantling or Geronimo Allison. And we have that staff from last year on a per game basis. He was wide receiver 21. This is Valdez Scantling from weeks five to nine. Had a touchdown or over 100 receiving yards in all four of those games. And that's sort of when he leapt off the page as potentially the preferred target for Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, and Allison, remember, he was hurt week four, right. so he was out for the season. But in weeks one he was a top 30 fantasy receiver so, so there was no they can contest support. yeah right. and Cobb was still there at that point so they can support a few guys at times but we're just worried about them scoring enough points in this game
1: uh, right. offseason narratives tend to sort themselves out a little bit during the first quarter of the NFL season and one of them as Mike pointed out was MVS versus survival Allison which one is going to be the number two wide receiver in Green Bay if it is one of those two We'll find out more. So right now, if you have either one of them on your roster, I think what you're really doing is you're studying tonight, right? You're seeing how productive, how effective, how much are each of them utilized? Because if you drafted one or the other because of Aaron Rodgers, you might have yourself a tidy little option there to have as an upside bench play going forward. Uh, Jimmy Graham missed a lot of training camp or was banged out for an extended parts to find you because of an injury the Packers had, I think 18 players at one point on their injury report this week, but Jimmy Graham seems to be good to go for tonight.
3: It got upgraded to full practice on the Tuesday and Wednesday. injury report Remember, they have to put one out on Monday because of the Thursday night game. So he was limited because of a finger issue. I don't think they expect that to be a problem for him uh, this game. And, Jimmy Graham has made a point of saying he, he knows that last year was Not stellar in terms of expectations For what he would do in that offense And and we talked about the, What we thought he could provide for Green Bay And being a physical threat in the end zone And that just didn't happen and part of that Those off-target passes from Aaron Rodgers yep. When he was not able to throw the ball Well because he was compromised I'm Sort of intrigued to see if this improves At all this year I don't have a lot invested in it As far as Jimmy Graham becoming the Jimmy Graham Of old but I'm curious to see if it does Improve somewhat. You
1: know, they had an out last offseason to get away from Jimmy Graham, and they opted to keep him. You know, Jimmy Graham is one of those players that I guarantee you, anytime you introduce a new offensive coach to him, the thought is like, hmm, I can kind of see it, right? So Matt Lafleur takes over for uh, Green Bay as their head coach. I bet if you see Jimmy Graham in person and you watch him in practice a couple times, you're like, the guy's six eight. Still run okay. He still okay. looks great. I
3: saw him run right? during keep training camp. Looks great. You know, yeah.
1: it's it's an impressive. He's an impressive spe- he's an impressive specimen still so um they're hopeful I keep using that word in Green Bay for Jimmy Graham a little bit less optimistic on our end tonight we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna preview
0: the Bears. Da Bears <laughs> and I see you in the whole six one oh
1: other side of the coin is of course the Chicago Bears who are playing at home tonight and we begin with their quarterback Mitchell Trubisky some call him Mitch some call him Mitchell (laughs) I call him a potential fantasy starter tonight Uh, Mitch Trubisky had his best three fantasy games last season at home seven of his top eight games last season in terms of fantasy production at home Remember he did miss some time late in the year. Mike, are you in on Mr. Bisky as a potential starter this week? I am QB nine. So I would start him over Aaron Rodgers, obviously, if you've been if you didn't just skip just sound, ahead to the Browns. Does it feel weird to say? Does it sound weird?
2: It does not, and I'll tell you why. Last season before he was injured, he was QB seven. He was ahead of the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson in fantasy points before that injury. Now, he missed some time, came back, was very conservative, didn't run as much in the final month of the season. His numbers kind of fell off. But again, when he was healthy and rolling last season, he was a viable fantasy starter. Also, we know he has a higher floor than most because he runs the football. 421 rushing yards last season, fifth most among quarterbacks, also three touchdowns in only 14 games. So he's you know, a bit dynamic. He was delivering the goods last year. He's a decent offensive supporting cast. I uh I think he's a top ten play.
3: Can I just tell you, you know how we talked about stats that jump off the page that kind of surprise you? So here's one for you. And I I had to read it several I still don't believe it. He was one of only two NFC quarterbacks with over four hundred rushing yards last season. Mitchell Trubisky. Now I don't mm-hmm. I don't think of him as a huge runner. Guess who the other one was?
1: Four hundred rushing yards? Oh.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the guy <laughs> who Russell you would Wilson. expect yeah. to run that we talk about Cam with his legs and Mitchell Trubisky Mm -hmm. one of only two and as you said after the injury he wasn't running as much think of what those numbers could have been that's where some of the fantasy value for him could come into play
2: yeah that's in 14 games so that's about what four fantasy points a game that's about the equivalent of a passing touchdown not to and that doesn't even count as three rushing touchdowns so that's that's a lot I mean you can't ignore that
1: interesting stuff there for Mitch Trubisky I'm not quite as optimistic on Mike just want to see Mitch Trubisky take that next step yeah, is a passer this year. I agree with that. And yeah. if he does, I wonder if that sort of negates some of the running, as in like he is not forced to run because he hasn't made the throw as a progression passer. Mm-hmm. We'll be, I'll be interested. I think there's a there's a lot of optimism right now that Mitch is going to take a next step in his third season. He's got to because, as we know, the NFL, if you're not where you need to be by year three as a quarterback, more often than not, you're not, you are never going to get where you need to be.
2: And, and by the way, just a quick note: remember he came in and was considered raw you only one season starting at unc that this was kind of expected it's going to take a little time so it's very possible he does make a big year three and i think his
3: receiving weapons are going to be in better shape for Mm -hmm. him this year so he's
1: got plenty of them that's for sure especially also if david montgomery emerges out of the backfield as a receiving threat as well i've got montgomery at 23 mike at 25 stefania at 22 for this week now A lot of optimism. The Bears seem to be all the way in on David Montgomery. They are all in. Matt Nagy has not necessarily hid from it either. David Montgomery, rookie third-round pick out of Iowa State. Perhaps some of the concern, though, Mike, is it because, hey, there's other good players in this backfield, or is it, hey, Green Bay spent huge this offseason on their front seven. (laughs) Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary in the first round. They still have Kenny Clark. This Green Bay front seven has a chance to be, the strength of their team that is not Aaron Rodgers. That's how mm. good it can be.
2: Yeah, I'm excited for the future of the Packers because they also added the defense, I should say. the This added two new safeties, obviously young corners, so uh super intrigued by that. But nonetheless, my concern is as excited as they are for David Montgomery, and we are as well, and again, this may not matter, but... This is something we have to think about. Mike Davis is still listed as their starter on their depth chart. And again, it may not mean anything, but oh. they they signed this guy, they brought him in. He may get some carries. Sure. He may get yeah. the start. I still have Montgomery with sixteen touches, but you also have Tariq Cohen who's gonna play a big role in passing in the passing game. We'll talk about him in a second. But I'm just thinking maybe he's limited a little bit. So I've knocked him down a few spots from usual. We'll see what kind of role he plays. Just just me being a little bit of conservative. Yeah, and
3: I think it's fair, you know, being a rookie running back. But when you hear that a guy is good in pass protection as a running back, I always hear that's a good way to stay on the field as a running back. And they were raving about him in terms of both his vision. I keep hearing about his vision and his patience. And that's what's been part of the reason that he's impressed his teammates and his coaches, even back in OTAs. So... We'll see if he lives up to the hype. I'm intrigued by him. I, I, I just I've seen the Mike Davis thing before up close, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and yeah. and I just don't buy it that he's a huge threat. I think he's there. We talked about this uh, a few weeks backfield where sometimes teams make adjustments, uh, you know, to their roster just to sort of have insurance because they don't know how everything is going to play out.
1: Well, plans can change from free agency to the draft. You right. pay nine million bucks to Mike Davis, and then a month later, you're infatuated with David Montgomery. Mike's points well taken, but depth charts. Come on, Mike. <laughs> did we have this charts? conversation
3: yesterday? Listen, listen how, how long did
2: uh, how long did Carlos Hyde run ahead of uh, Nick Chubb last year? You know, too long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah but look long,
3: and then things changed. The
2: other- <laughs> they
1: did, but
3: that's.
2: But
1: again, this is week one. We, the other person sure. in back this backfield is, of course, Tariq Cohn. We head over to our friend, the Secret Squirrel
0: for the IBM Watson Insight of the Week, Part 2. Yeah, I was curious about this because IBM Watson has a 26% boom percentage for Tariq Cohen to have over 10.7 points, Mike, which I want to know how that's going to rank up against your projections this week because it looks like you're actually buying that a little bit. Well, if you have it, Daniel, is there a bust?
1: Percentage. In Bus there as percentage
0: well? is nine percent, which is less than two point seven points. Oh, okay. So that makes that's really low. Yeah, that's really low. It's probably going to catch a three
2: points. balls. Right. <laughs> it's already yeah. over that number. I'm
0: not surprised that Tariq Cohen has
1: a high boom percentage because he's Tariq Cohen. He's explosive. He's an excellent passing game threat, and he's the kind of guy that. He may only need seven touches for 100 yards. But Mike, you chime in. What do you think here on Tariq Cohen?
2: Yeah, I am a little bit higher than most on Cohen, but that was the case during drafts as well. I, I have him on quite a few teams. I have him at 11.5 points, and I think that was the line. So I'm right on the money uh, with that for sure. Um, look, he, we, we know he's uh, I mean, right on the money with the <laughs> line he just said. That's what I'm saying. Um <laughs> Look, he he obviously a high floor because of what he does as a pass catcher. Top six among backs and targets, receptions, receiving yards, touchdown catches, yards per target, and average depth of target last season. He had four top six weeks, right? So you think about those kind of pass catching backs kind of having limited ceilings in fantasy. That was not the case for Cohen last year. He had those four huge weeks. Uh, And also, I'm curious to see if this carries over from last season. The Packers allowed 86 targets to running backs. That was second fewest and allowed 67 receptions, which was fifth fewest. Ah, uh, so they were actually good in that area, but again, Cohen is just such a big factor in that area. It's hard to to kind of bet against him.
1: Any objection there, Stefania? No. Yeah. Okay, not right. against the, I, You know, listen, I'll be, I'll just be curious. Um, I'm, I offseason rhetoric, right? Coach speak. Because you were just saying how you're nervous about Mike Davis being listed as the starter, what it might mean for David Montgomery. I took note of what Matt Nagy said at one point, which is that, like, we got to be smarter. We have to be smart, I should say, with our Tariq Cohen touches. The kind of guy that, again, is 160 pounds soaking wet. Um, so we'll see just how much run he gets tonight. Just the fact that there are three running backs and not two anymore in Chicago. Let's move to the receivers, and we all have Allen Robinson within one spot of each other. 28 for me, you both have him at 27. Guy was paid excellent money last year. Three years, 42 million bucks. Um, but doesn't it sort of feel like he never quite met the hype last year, and he was banged up for part of it? But I don't feel like they got a wide receiver one production out of a player that they paid wide receiver one money.
3: They didn't. But I'm not surprised given what the circumstances were. And you guys know I've been talking up Alan Robinson this year. So I have a, I think he will break into the top 20 in wide receivers this year because I think you're going to see a different Alan Robinson. Remember week one of 2017, he tears his ACL. So that's a lost year. He comes back in 2018 and is often the case struggles with some soft tissue injuries, a groin, rib injury, missed three games, but actually was compromised in far more than three games. So in terms of productivity, that played out. He couldn't run as fast. He wasn't explosive. He was definitely limited. If you look at his air yards per target, last year was 11.8. His average over the three prior seasons was 14.3. I think you see that number increase this year because you're going to get a better Allen Robinson. If you look at that game late last year when he had the 10 catches in the playoff game, the wild wildcard game, but 10 catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown, I think that's more what you can expect as Allen Robinson goes throughout the season, I think he's going to become the star wide receiver on that team, and I think you get a much better player.
1: Mike, you as optimistic as Stefania is? Uh, we're pretty, we're pretty close. I think for the season, there's some hope
2: that for he can season, make the leap. Yeah, fo- I'm forward. not necessarily um, saying
3: you see all of it tonight, but yeah. I think he's going to be better from no, yeah, on
2: out. And to touch on last season, only one weekly finish better than 19th, and that was with a 23% target share. So certainly he underwhelmed. Uh, Look, the Packers gave up a ton of fantasy production to wide receivers, the fifth most points. They were top 10 in targets, receiving yards, touchdowns, yards per reception, you name it. But here's the thing. We talked about it before. I think this defense could be a lot better with the safeties, the improved pass rush. And by the way, again, they have invested a ton of early picks at cornerback. Jair Alexander might be the next great young cornerback in the NFL. And there's a chance he shadows Robinson in this game. If he turns out to be the real deal and is on, on the verge of a breakout, that's going to be tough news for Robinson in this game tonight. So uh, a little bit of reservations there, but I'm hoping Robinson does kind of bounce back here in twenty. And by the way,
3: Allen Robinson, only 26 years old, which feels strange because it seems like he's been around forever, four years in Jacksonville. This will be his second year in Chicago, but he's still young.
1: Yeah. Hashtag we are Penn State. 2014 draft, I think it was round. Anyways, um, so humble for brag. the
3: Packers, no, that was, that was uh, I'm shouting out. It's Kyler. a humble, it's a <laughs> humble memory, brag. Sorry. That's my point. Like I can remember what happened remember in the
1: 2014 stuff. draft. So with Green Bay, we feel like there's a chance that one other wide receiver pops and becomes a weekly stud. In Chicago, there are more players that could emerge, but I'm not so sure that we all feel like yeah, there's an 100 percent chance that a second. Bears receiver becomes weekly fantasy relevant, but it feels like the trendiest pick if there is one is Anthony Miller. Now, no other Bears wide receiver besides Allen Robinson is ranked in our rankings for week one, but Anthony Miller is an intriguing player. A year ago at this time, we were talking about David Montgomery. I'm sorry, Anthony Miller, kind of like David Montgomery. The Bears love him. They traded up, used a future pick to get him to move up back up to get him. So, what kind of expectations do we have for Anthony Miller, Mike? Like, could you see? Is there if is he the obvious next Bears wide receiver that could become a stud this season? That could also. become a stud?
2: Yes, I think he's the guy you want to draft late and take a flyer on. He's in his second year. He was a day two pick last season. Those are the kind of guys you want to stash, like a hint hint DJ Chark. You know, mm-hmm. guys just uh, he's getting no hype, but just throw him on the end of your bench because maybe he makes the leap. The concern with Miller is. He was averaging a little over five targets a game last season, had a lot of touchdown luck that's unsustainable throughout the season, and then his playing time just plummeted down the stretch. 1.6 targets per game from Weeks 11 on at five drops. There are some concerns. By the way, I think Taylor Gabriel is one of the most underrated Number 2-plus wide receivers in the league. The guy is efficient. He gets the job done. And he is still going to be a factor. In fact, if he ran more routes than Miller tonight, I don't think any of us should be surprised
1: by that. He did all last season. That's sort of the problem with Chicago, and it actually applies to Allen Robinson, is that they've got so many players that can catch passes, right? Like, Allen Robinson doesn't need to be a dominant number 1, because it's not just Anthony Miller. It's not just Taylor Gabriel. It's also a guy like Riley Ridley, their fourth-round pick Patterson. this year. Brother of Yep, they have Patterson as well, the brother of Calvin Ridley, by the way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good pass catchers in Chicago. They've got depth at tight end and of course the backs are a big factor as well
3: just one thing on anthony miller you know if your shoulder dislocated five or six times during the season every time when you'd land out there were games where he injured that shoulder and then left so it shows up Mm -hmm. as a game for him but he could not play so he had off-season shoulder surgery a lot of people might not realize that i think that is a game changer when you have chronic instability every time you hit the ground every time you're you're worried about your shoulder going out that's a huge problem so they take care of that for him. And I think that might have been part of the reason for some of the drops. Yeah, makes sense. You know, he has a sprained ankle in the preseason, but he is completely off the injury report. That's better. But I think all that missed time, he did not uh, participate in OTAs or minicamp. So some of the timing issues working out with the quarterback and getting familiar with the offense, I think he's still a little behind. There's still a lot of room for him to grow there. But I, I think it's Part of the knock on him from last year may be related to that injury.
1: Interesting stuff there. Last one here for the Bears is Trey Burton, of course, who is now questionable. How come Starfanya? Uh
3: Starfanya? Listed on the injury report with a groin injury, and I think ah, oh, my finger. There it is. <laughs> Nailed it. Got that there. You, drop you that. have I been it, waiting. I did it. Waiting. So proud of you. It. I'm going so home. So proud of you. See ya. Long time listeners asking where has that been? Well, there we go. It's back. Um, look, he had uh, last year, he didn't play in the wildcard playoff against the Eagles because of this injury. And at the time, the Bears had said they suspected it was significant. Well, he did require offseason surgery, but the expectation was that he would be kind of ready to go by camp. If the injury was that severe, you know, sometimes you can get where the muscle actually detaches. You have to repair it. It can take a while to start feeling like yourself. And even if you're technically cleared to come back, it can be months before you're really ready to be like yourself. So the fact that he's listed with the groin and they're saying it's not the same as the original, sure, but it's, it's in the mm-hmm. same area. And I think this is something to be concerned about because we don't know how long this could linger. There, he's going to be a game time decision for tonight. Mm-hmm. So he may not even play. So if, if you're even thinking about it for a fantasy, I'm looking elsewhere.
1: Okay, yep, we'll keep an eye on whether he plays tonight. If he does, we've all got him ranked as outside of our top 15 for tight ends. Burton was inconsistent last season. He had one massive game. I think against the Patriots had like 130 yards and a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns, but an inconsistent first season for Trey Burton. They like to play a lot. He's a very athletic guy, but he's got to get healthy first. So um, we need to do something. We need to pick a game. And at some point today, we're going to have a link
0: to Pick Skin Pick'em that will be available for all of you to participate in this. You can find it on your social handles, Field. What is your social handle? My Twitter is at Field Yates. What about you, Mike Clay? At Mike Clay NFL. What about you, Stefania? At Bell?
3: Stefania underscore ESPN.
0: Okay. And I'm Have at Daniel Dopp. So and I'm sure at Matthew Barry TMR will also put it out.
1: Someone will put it out there. It can be retweeted accordingly for our Pick Skin Pick'em group. This year, we made the executive decision to pick the game straight up. Right? None of this spread this year. Correct. We are picking the game straight up, and it begins right now. The Bears at home against the Packers. Give me the Bears. Daniel? I'm taking the Bears. Stefania? The Bears. Michael Clay? Bears 25-20. Okay. (laughs) Extra effort. (laughs) <laughs> and Kyle, what about you? I'll resident? take the lead on the entire group and go with the Packers.
0: Oh, look oh. at you. Fire uh,
1: out of the game. What's that jersey? What's that jersey rate? No, it's, you know, completely unbiased pick. We'll go 26-24 Packers. As yeah, he okay.
3: wears his jersey. Completely I love unbiased. Completely
1: unbiased pick. Here's the plan for this evening. You get home, you enjoy yourself, hopefully a nice, you have a brew, a beverage, you watch the <laughs> game, <laughs> and then you know what you do? You go to bed. And you now you sleep. Very I'll well. i tell you all about it. What was the last time you slept really great? because isn't it strange that we'll try just about anything to sleep better when it actually could be time for a new mattress? If you aren't getting the quality sleep you deserve, I recommend my own bed, the Sleep Number Bed. Right now at Sleep Number Stores, it's the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale and queen mattresses start at only $8.99. Do you wish your mattress could be firmer or softer? That's what the Sleep Number Bed is famous for. You can adjust each side so it's right for both of you. How about a bed that helps keep you asleep? The Sleep Number 360 smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you're effortlessly comfortable all night. Will you love it? Just ask J.D. Power. Sleep Number has been ranked number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses. If for 2018 award information, visit jdpower.com. Come in during the biggest sale of the year and for a limited time, Save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you at sleepnumber.com slash FFF. Time now for some social questions, and we're going to hand it over to our pal Daniel or Kyle, who is giving
0: us questions today, Daniel. It's gonna be me, Field. All in the righty, streets. buddy. What do you got for this us? This first one comes from I like Dynasty FF. Wants to know which team will have the highest scoring duo of non QB players this week. All right, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. Okay, Todd Gurley and Rams wide receiver, or Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I, mean, I think it's a runaway. It's a runaway. It's be the last one, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. the the Saints, Alvin
1: Kamara, Mike Thomas at home. That to me is the obvious answer. Yeah, I checked our projections.
2: Uh whoever does them does a great job, by the way. Uh Kamara <laughs> Thomas with
1: forty.
0: That's Casey Joyner this year, I think right? So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ken, no, yeah. Ken Ken Dobby's. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Casey uh, and Ken <laughs> fills in on odd weeks. Uh yeah. Yeah. what do you call
1: it when you work oh, emeritus, right? When you like no longer with the school but you serve yes. in a capacity. <laughs> yeah. Ken Dobby, ESPN Ken Dobby a- fantasy Amer- projection
0: emeritus. Amer-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. So 40 for those two, 32 for Cook and Thielen, 31 for Gurley and their top receiver, which would be Brandon Cook. So for me, it's not close.
1: Okay. I agree. We all agree. We all agree, Stefania. Yeah, we all agree. I feel like the Rams wide receiver. That's pretty, like, come on, man. Like, you're I giving know. yourself an out there. Like, what if Brandon Cooks has like 35 points? You know, like, right. that could change things. Got so I still one. go with Kamara and Thomas.
0: Daniel, right. what else? This question comes from James. Are you embracing the wide range of outcomes that will come with rostering Josh Gordon this year, or are you looking to trade him following his first big game? I think you have to be the former, right? I mean, like, listen, it, yeah. it's it's there
1: it is a player, and we use this term a lot, and we get some flack for saying like wide range of outcomes all the time. But I don't know. I mean, is there a player with a wider range of outcomes mm-hmm. than Josh Gordon? I mean, he could be, and I don't don't want to be crass, here, right? But like, he could play one game this year, right? Yeah. Or he could be a top ten wide receiver. Play with an outstanding we've quarterback. Both. We've seen stardom from him, and we've uh, seen both with this team. We've seen both <laughs> this yeah. team. We've seen both with Josh Gordon in his own personal career. He has played with far inferior quarterbacks to Tom the Goat Brady, and had incredible has a, had incredible years. Um I think if you draft him, it has to be that you're embracing the wide range of outcomes.
2: Yeah, nine full games last season was wide receiver 24. So it's not like you were getting top five production. And maybe that changes a little with no Gronk. Maybe they use him a little more, but he was already very efficient. Top 10 and yards per target, yards after the catch. I mean, he was effective last season. So I think if you can get another wide receiver two after a good game or two, I would definitely do that just because of exactly what you... Kind of laid out there. I mean, he's being drafted in six rounds. so I don't think a wide receiver, two is a a super far stretch.
1: So I guess what you're saying is you're doing both. You're both embracing the wide range of outcomes and looking to parlay him if you get back-to-back good games early on in the season.
2: Yeah, if I can get somebody with a higher floor, I know it's going to be there when the fantasy playoffs roll around, for sure. You know, I'm definitely going to explore that. Yep,
1: good enough. All right, Daniel, what else?
0: All right, next one comes from John wants to know, how important do you view depth? Would you sell depth to build a dominant starting lineup, especially when you hate the headache that comes with making weekly decisions, but understand there's always injury risk involved? So how do you look at your roster construction of I have so much quality depth and there are points that not being scored on my bench versus I can maybe trade some of these guys for assets that will help me in my starting lineup? How do you have, balance those two things?
3: Well, I, I interpret it as depth like Depth behind your starter Because of, he mentions injuries But I guess the depth doesn't have to be Like handcuffs to your starter And and part of it for me is just the size Of the league, you know If yes. I'm in a 10-team league, I'm not that worried About my options mm-hmm. because the depth is out there For me to pick up. Last night in our War Room League 16-team I drafted Damian Harris late Because I have Sony Michelle And I just wanted to have another Running back that has potential in New England Even if it's a total flyer
2: Yeah, that's usually what I'm using my bench for. Once my, once my starting lineup's filled out, I'm looking for upside. And I think an example, I was just kind of looking through rankings to try and think of an example would be like at the end of your draft, do you take Muhammad Sanu, knowing like he's a high floor option, maybe a bi-week fill-in, or do you take like a DJ Chark or a Terry McLaren or one of the, any any of the rookie wide receivers? I think I'd rather have those guys because again, you just mentioned the term range of outcomes. They have, High ceilings. There are potential superstars in this league. That's why they get drafted that early, whereas snoo is certainly safer. So you kind of have to weigh those things. I'm going to go ceiling for my bench.
1: But, John, would you sell depth to build a dominant starting lineup? My answer is yes. As our friend Evan Silva from Establish the Run recently tweeted, his favorite kind of trade is when you trade two players who are either, you know, like two starters who have somewhat of a ceiling or like a starter and a bench player or two bench players for a stud. Like, two for one where you're clearly getting the best player in the deal, to me, almost always a win. So, Daniel, what else we got? You got one more question for us. We
0: got one more thing. It's not really a question. I had a text from a buddy of mine last night, Tyson Motzenbacher, who was in the— he was in the Man's League last year, 2018, was the crappy band no one had ever heard oh, of. Oh, yes. And so uh, he sent me this text where he was saying, check out my lineup. I was able to draft Zeke, 10-team auction draft, mm-hmm. during mid-Zeke drama. <laughs> and in this auction draft, he got him for $20. So looking at his roster, he's got Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Josh Gordon, Evan Engram, Kenny Galladay. And it just made me wonder, there was a couple of spots there, like a few touch-and-go weeks where people can maybe get... Ezekiel Elliott really cheap. And it just made me curious. It doesn't always pay off, right? A lot of times we tried that last year with Le'Veon Bell. Are you going to take the chance and roll the dice and see how it works out? So I just wanted to see a couple of other rosters. This was great coming from Tyson. I wanted to see a couple of other rosters put it out on Twitter last night of teams that now have stacked lineups because they took a chance on getting Zeke in the third. And then you pair him with an Alvin Kamara. Like, how incredible of a lineup is that? To That's be able a good to 16 league right there. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that he's is gonna kill a 16. That league. is a 10 team auction draft for 10, or excuse me, for $20. Uh, Kenny, let's scroll through and look at the next one. Alright, here we go. This one has, uh, Devontae Adams and Zeke as a part of this lineup. Like, being able to get Devonte Adams and Zeke is just incredible. It's great great right I, here. I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> There we go. Our
1: friend Ralph got Devontae Adams and Zeke. Ralph's team looks like this. Devontae Adams, Zeke Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Robert Woods, Miles Sanders, Tariq Cohen, O.J. Howard, Marvin Jones Jr. So, again, another example of getting Zeke in the second round. I believe that says pick. Uh, Looks like he had the ninth pick in the draft. Uh, So, again, ninth pick, and he got him in the second round. Pretty useful value there. What else do you have for us? All right, and then we have one more. Uh, Matt, who got Zeke in the second round, 14th overall. So Matt was able to go with a lineup that looks like this. He gets Zeke in the second round behind Le'Veon Bell, Odell, Julio Jones, and Zeke. So the fourth player in the second round, he got Zeke ahead of players like Devontae Adams and Joe Mixon, but behind players like Le'Veon Bell and Julio Jones. How did
3: he? Yeah. Julio and Odell
1: how well, does that, that that's, that's, that's the that's second, that's second round yeah that's so the
0: second round of the draft like the person before him Oh, Petulio.
3: oh oh i was okay yep. yeah. i
0: just think it's interesting like this is one of those like you've got to make a decision in your draft season sometimes on do i want to take a chance on a guy or not yeah, and in this scenario, like there are some managers that it's totally going to pay off for getting Zeke in the mid second, or early third, when there were question marks. Be interesting
1: to see. Maybe at the end of this year, Christian McCaffrey was one of the top rostered players on championship rosters last year, and McCaffrey, if not mistaken, was going back end of the first, maybe the yep. beginning beginning of the second. Maybe because of all the Zeke drama, he winds up in
0: a similar boat. I sure hope so, because he was my first pick in the war room last night. We one got one more, more. He got Zeke. This guy, Rob, got Zeke in the fourth round, pairing him with Michael Thomas. Yeah, we got Todd work Gurley, on, on, uh, Rob Zeke. Uh, you're on the wrong platform, dude. But, right. but said
1: other your than that, team looks other like than this. that, Zeke, Todd Gurley. Uh, I see
0: DJ Moore in there.
3: Michael Thomas, Thomas,
0: Hunter Henry, Henry, David Montgomery. Montgomery. This is the
3: high upside, uh, you know, willing to take risks, but going for the upside lead. No risk it, no biscuit. He
0: risked it. He got plenty of biscuits. So So I just wanted to say thank you to, uh, thank you to my buddy Tyson for shooting that out. Just thought it was a cool idea. Also, crappy band you never heard of. Tyson just had a new single come out August 23rd on Tooth and Nail Records. Check it out called The Last Summer. The, the last, last Summer. You can find that, I'm sure, on oh. iTunes and other places that you get all of your music.
1: Good stuff here. Guys, football is back. Friday, previewing 15 more games. Woo. Look for the picks can pick a league. Get at me, people. Come <laughs> challenge the king. Oh, my god! I win goodness. last year? I can't remember. <laughs> back tomorrow. That was me. Peace out. Peace out. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Gel Field Yates. You're you're, you're you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at Field
3: Yates. At Field Yates. Stuff. on your bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret squirrel. Daniel Dub.
0: Make 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 it happen.
3: Mediocre.
0: Today's horoscope brought
1: to you by GEICO.
0: Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to geico.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries.
1: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.